Hello everyone and welcome to our midweek podcast for Mavilla Presbyterian Church. This podcast contains a recording uh, of uh, our midweek meeting that happens in our church building on Tuesday evenings. The meeting lasts from quarter to eight to nine o'clock and everyone is welcome to meet us uh, just in the church building as we come together for a time of fellowship and worship. But through these uh, meetings, we are looking at what it means to be a church uh, through the changeable days such as this. Uh, we look uh, to recognise a God who is faithful, uh, a God who continues uh, his promises through all that we may face. Just another little note, uh, let me uh, keep you in mind for Sunday, our morning service is live streamed, but the church building is open for all who want to come along. Uh, the, the church doors are open from 10.30 and the service begins at 11. And now we have our evening services started as well. Uh, so at, again, a time to come together. The church doors open at 6.30 and the service begins at seven. We're having uh, some a great chance just to catch up uh, uh, with wonderful worship. And also there's a time uh, called Get to Know You in Ten, uh, which two of our church members, Cindy and Joan, uh, interview somebody in the church family, and we hear about uh, their story of what God has been doing in their lives. Through these uh, times, uh, the, the evening service is not live streamed. So the only way you can hear what happens is if you come along to the church itself on Sunday evenings. Well, coming back to our midweek, um, we're going to think this evening about what kind of people God loves. Using a very familiar passage in the Gospel of Luke. But as we begin this evening... I want to read the words of Psalm 100, a psalm for giving thanks. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We come before this God this evening as we come to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For the opportunity that we have, Lord, to know of your goodness and your love. To experience, Lord, the words that you have for us. To know, Lord, that through you we may know everlasting peace and comfort. There is a security outside of this world that you long to show us and we thank you for this. As we look to worship your name, Help us be aware, Lord, of what it means to rest in you. To know, Lord, of that goodness that you look to show us each and every day. And Lord, we, as we come before you this day, and Lord, help us take away those things in our lives that are not of you. 
Lord, that we may look to surrender uh, what we look to hold on to in life that is not of you. Lord, so that we may have that awareness of honouring and following you in life, of depending on you in all that we may face. For you are the one who is everlasting. You are the one who knows what we need more than we know ourselves, so that we may rest and seek you in all that we may do. Lord, we ask all these things now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Before we come to read our passage this evening, we're going to listen to our first item of praise sung to us by Jonathan Ray and his family. And the item of praise is titled, King Forevermore.
Well, please turn with me now as we look at our scripture reading this evening. We're going to look at the Gospel of Luke in chapter 15, of these well-known parables of the things that are lost and then are found. And we're going to read verses 1 to 7, 1 to 7, looking at the first parable. So let us read God's word together from Luke 15, verses 1 to 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Here. We end the reading of God's word to us. Let me come to God in prayer before we take some time in this passage. Heavenly Father, we do come before you this evening. Lord, recognising that you show us your love and mercy in all that we may do. That we may look to that awareness of what it means to rest in you. you. So speak to us, we pray. Show us, Lord, the power of your words and what it means to experience your love. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So the question that we have this evening is what kind of people does God love? And we may answer this question in many different ways. We live in a society where uh, if anybody is thinking about God, well, the next thing that they would say is, well, God's job is to love everyone. We live in a society where we don't like um, to uh, contradict people. We don't like to uh, show others that they are doing wrong. And in a way, we want to show uh, that message in First John that God is love. That when people experience who God is, uh, the first thing we long for them to experience is the love of God. But then when we think more broadly about society, when we think about the people um, that are a part of this world, those uh, who are terrorists, those uh, who have committed big crimes, Well, we don't want to know a God who uh, loves them straight away as well. And then even coming closer to home, those uh, who uh, have been unfaithful in marriage, those who have uh, committed uh, crimes in the home, those maybe who have just wronged you in life, Do we uh, look uh, to say that God loves them for what they have done? The three parables 
that Luke records in chapter 15 go a long way towards providing Jesus' answer to the question of what kind of person does God love? And verses 1 and 2 provide a real uh, picture of what context Jesus is saying these parables to. It provides an orientation for the whole chapter. It is here we meet what we call the attractive offensiveness of Jesus. For the chapter begins with a change of scene, but Luke does not tell us where the encounter takes place. We can assume it just occurs on his way to Jerusalem. But what Luke does tell us is that both the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining about Jesus. And why are they so upset? Well, verse 1, all the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to hear Jesus. Jesus was teaching these motley lowlifes of Israel. Jesus not only taught them, but he spent much time with them, even socialising with them. It's simply too much for the Pharisees. And what irony this is, for their grumbling is our gospel. Their dire accusation is our only hope. We become ecstatic over these damning words. Thank heaven for the gospel of the Pharisees. For this man, they say, welcomes sinners and eats with them. What better news uh, could this be? The offensiveness of Jesus to the Pharisees and scribes, yet his attraction for the tax collectors and sinners. We are accustomed to Jesus spending time with the scandalously unworthy. But it's interesting that at the same time, Jesus who stressed the radical obedience required by discipleship is the one who also pursued relationship with notorious sinners. It seems that Jesus knew that the crowd of would-be followers needed to have their enthusiasm tempered lest they entered into discipleship without counting the cost. And on the other hand, the Pharisees and teachers of the law needed just the opposite lesson. Their pride and presumption needed to be uh, confronted with the reality of God's special mercy and love with the loss. And so we go to this first parable, this well-known parable of the lost sheep. And we see this shepherd leaving the hundred uh, leaving the, the, the flock to go and find the one lost sheep. And the risks of heading out uh, to look for it are significant. It had wandered into the wilderness. The terrain would be treacherous and dangerous, and the dangers would be plenty. And there is a contrast here that uh, the crowd, uh, especially the Pharisees, would have known well. For in the, lo- in the Old Testament, uh, Ezekiel the prophet uh, was shown the shepherds who were not good shepherds to Israel. In Ezekiel 34, we read these words in verses 4 to 6. When God speaks to the leaders of Israel, he says, You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or binded up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the loss. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. They were scattered because there was no shepherd. 
and when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. In Ezekiel 34, the Lord um, scourges the leaders or shepherds of Israel as those who have mangled rather than cared for the flock of Israel. In this prophecy, the Lord promises then as he goes on that in the age of restoration, he himself will shepherd his people and he will, among others, matters, in contrast to Israel's long line of poor leaders, he will seek the lost. And here, Jesus could feel be claiming to fulfill the very shepherding work the Lord had promised there. As well, there is a criticism for the Pharisees and the scribes by placing them in the class of Israel's destructive leaders whom the Lord cascaded in this prophecy. Upon careful reflection, it hardly seems to make practical sense for this shepherd to leave the 99 sheep vulnerable and unprotected on the unlikely chance that the one wandering sheep could be located. Could that one missing sheep be valuable enough in the eyes of the shepherd that he would contemplate leaving the 99 behind in order to search for it? But despite all of the reasons why the shepherd might decide to simply write off the wandering sheep, Jesus' assumption is that he hears, his hearers will agree on what he would do. The one lost sheep received all of the attention and care for its master. The conclusion to the story is all about joy. The shepherd finds his missing sheep and carries it home on his shoulders joyfully. So great is his delight over the safe return of the one sheep that he calls together his friends and neighbour, urging them to rejoice with him. In the end, his response cannot be understood in purely economic terms. He may well spend more than the value of the sheep celebrating its return. Jesus' hearers are left contemplating the shepherd's extraordinary love for this one lost sheep. The lost receive Jesus' primary attention. But just here there is more. For with Jesus the lost are, f- the lost are found and that brings joy. That brings a sense uh, of extraordinary joy, knowing those who are lost are found. Those uh, who uh, may have a sense of worthlessness may find their worth in this Saviour. That is where God's love is found. Those who repent, uh, who come to know the value of finding a saviour. That is where heaven's joy is found. And as we come uh, to recognise that the days that we are living in, there is no greater joy uh, than knowing that love of God for the lost who are found. Let us come uh, to God in prayer as we think of this. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do search for the lost. 
that we may have that real sense of coming before you, knowing the love you have for us and coming before you. Lord, help us know that joy it is to rejoice in all who repent and come before you. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue to reflect uh, on these words, we're going to listen to an item of praise now entitled Man of Sorrows, again sung by Jonathan Ray and his family. As we come to the end of our podcast this evening, we want to take some time in prayer. It is 
a really busy time for us. There's many things that are happening around the church and around uh, just life in general this time. But it's so important, even in the busyness, to continue to remember uh, things in prayer. This week, uh, our BB and our GB companies are starting back and we want to remember all the young people coming to them and also for our leaders too. Uh, We want to continue to remember those who are dealing with ill health at this time. And we want to continue uh, to remember uh, our uh, community around us uh, as we continue uh, to uh, get a sense of normality back uh, to our lives. Let's come to God now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to gather in your name. Lord, to know of the joy it is uh, to seek and follow you each day. And Lord, we come before you uh, through these busy days, Lord, recognising your promises to us to know, Lord, that in you we have that everlasting life, Lord, that we can rest in through all that we may face. And Lord, we want to lift up before you those who are dealing with ill health through these days. We pray, Lord, for those who are um, continuing to be in and out of hospital, who are receiving treatment, who maybe are awaiting test results coming back. Lord, we ask that they may know of your hand of comfort and peace upon them. That, Lord, that they may know of you being their shepherd, their good shepherd, directing and guiding them through these days. And that they may know real and lasting rest in you. Heavenly Father, we want to continue to lift up before you those who feel anxious through these days also. Those, Lord, who are maybe fearful about what the future holds. And Lord, we pray that they may look to you for their hope and their comfort. That they may have that awareness of what it means to rest in your mighty arms. Lord, we want to lift up before you our church family and for all activities that are starting back through these days. Lord, we want to lift up before you our BB and our GB companies. Uh, Lord, we pray for all the leaders, Lord, who are preparing uh, for uh, the reopening of the companies. We pray, Lord, for them and the work that they do. We ask, Lord, that you may protect them and that you may help them as they start back to uh, the, uh, and meet the young uh, boys and girls again. And Lord, we pray just for the boys and girls and for the opportunity to start back. We ask, Lord, uh, that they may have that awareness of your goodness and love to them in all they do. Heavenly Father, we also want to lift up before you our community, for our leaders and for all, Lord, who uh, are making plans uh, through these days, that they may know of your hand of comfort and peace upon them, that they may know, Lord, of wisdom, Lord, as they begin different activities again. We pray for our schools. Uh, We pray for all, Lord, who are working hard, Lord, uh, for our young people's education. Uh, Lord, we pray for uh, our authorities, Lord, that they may have that great awareness, Lord, of your protecting hand upon them in all they do. Lord, we give you thanks that you are a God who continues to direct and guide. 
You're a God who searches for the lost so that we may know that freedom we have in you. We may know that security that is found in you. Lord, help us know this in all that we do. And we ask that now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening uh, this evening. And may you know God's rich blessing upon each one of you as you look uh, to follow Jesus through these days. Let's finish together with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us this day and forevermore. Amen.